Hello, everybody. And I don't know if you can, if you're having as hard of a time believing it as me, but we are in April. So we are welcoming you to Data Endure's April Tech Talk. Uh, I am Kirsten Burke and joined as always by Shaheen Peruz, who is Hi. our, our uh, security and information and data superhero, our chief technology officer and CISO. Hello, Shaheen. Hi, everyone. It's good to see you. It's crazy that we're already quarter of the way done with this year. Oh my goodness! I, yeah, it's uh, it, it's crazy, but there there we go. Tick tock, tick tock. Um, we're glad you joined us, and today we are going to be working around um, some more sets of acronyms, as we often do. Um, we have clients come to us all the time as they're trying to work through these security issues and try to figure out what's best for their organization and. The newest acronym, if you will, that's been popping up is SSE. Um, Shaheen calls it SISI. I don't know if they're gonna find a better way to talk about it, but in, in any event, um, it is a new term or category that Gartner has come out with. And really it is a, um, it's a modification, if you will, of SASE. Um, SASE has been out a while. Um, organizations, I think, are just kind of starting to get their, their arms around that and trying to figure out, can I implement it? How do I do it? And all of a sudden, we've dropped a vowel. And so now we're at SSE. So Shaheen, I thought what we could do is just spend a little time unpacking this. And, and you know, at, at, its, at its core, um, SSE or SISI kind of takes network out of, out of the category. And it really focuses on the security services. And so I guess my first question when we talked about this was, well, why did Gartner do that? Is it that SASE is too hard? Is SSE kind of SASE for beginners or is it an on-ramp? So what's going on here and, and why did this happen? So I'll, I'll answer the Gartner answer first and then I'll give an opinion statement. Sure. Um, Gartner um, identified it as taking on a full SASE implementation is difficult. And uh, the, they effectively um, uh, decided that uh, they needed to come up with something that helped people on-ramp to security faster. And so they took the traditional SASE, which uh, what is defined as secure access service edge and dropped a vowel. And now they call it security service edge. Um, or services edge. And <clears throat> so it's the, if you take the security piece out, pieces out of SASE, um, that is what SSE is. <clears throat> now, I believe um, what really is happening here is the, the SASE model came out. Um, it wasn't initially developed by Gartner. SSE is so that there's a, there's definitely a commercial aspect to where the creators of SSE and SASE has not been getting a lot of adoption um, as, as a holistic offering. People implement pieces and parts of SASE. And what's been happening is you've got um, a lot of vendors out there that have taken their VPN solution and rebranded as ZTNA and then say ZTNA is SASE. And so there's, there's a lot of confusion in the market. And part of this effort was Gartner came up with SSE as a function. And now Gartner is basically saying, you know, defining and saying the security parts are all of these things. ZTNA is one component of that. And so it's clearing up ZTNA slash VPN. They call those things together. Um, so that's really, I think the driving forces behind SSE it's there's one that is a posturing uh, attribute. I believe that's my opinion statement. Uh, the, the other is that 
um, the marketing machine in our industry has really muddied the water with what SASE is and created a lot of confusion. So Gartner felt the need to come out and create something that was more easily adoptable and um, cleared there. Got it. Got it. Well, it's interesting you say that because even in doing my research to prep for this conversation, just even in looking at SSE, right, and, and kind of understanding, okay, what's the difference in what's in it, what's out, why is it important? Um, there are so many people out there that all of a sudden are kind of saying they're SSE providers. And you made an interesting comment to me when I mentioned that to you, and I'll, I'll let you answer that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of frustrating and confusing because you look at 10 different vendors um, who were not, had no idea of SSE three weeks ago, and now their website is all painted with SSE. And, uh, and, but what's funny about it is when you look at the way they draw up their diagrams of what is SASE and what is SSE and what part of SASE becomes SSE, every one of them has different constituent parts, which really gets confusing again. And it's this effectively the same thing that happened with SASE is happening with SSE, um, which, uh, which effectively, that was, that's my opinion statement of the posturing thing. There's a new acronym. Everybody wants to be that acronym because they don't want to get left behind. And that whole FOMO um, uh, aspect of it is basically making people bend their services to fit into this new mold. Sure, sure. Well, my question as always, um, I, I think I mentioned this just about every time we talk, I am delighted that I am not in the decision-making seat um, for these services because I can't imagine how you... Um, you navigate through and how you really truly understand with all of these different folks saying, yeah, we do that. How do I make sure I am getting the security services that I believe I'm buying? Um, or how do I vet these providers in a way? Um, how do I benchmark them to see if they're really delivering what it is either that Gartner says SSE is or what it is that, that I've been told that I need or that I've determined I need. How, how does one go through that? Uh, you get a group of people like me and my team who are insomniacs and do our day job and then do studying at night <laughs> and look at what the market's doing and what's cool and what's happening and read a lot of white papers and read Gartner reports and Forrester reports and the, um, the, in reality, it's really difficult. And the, the way to do it, in all joking aside, is to do the research yourself. It's just like the, the whole fake news constructs that came up in, uh, in all the politics uh, and social media. Um, it's the same thing with, um, let's call it commercial marketing, in that it's a lot of positioning to make their products, each company make their products fit into a mold that customers are looking for. And so buyer beware is the only answer to that. And the only way you can beware is go and get awareness of what the actual definition is and what the constituent parts are. And, you know, uh, for, for our part, um, these tech talks are really designed as a, let's, let's call it a community um, assistance, if you will, where sure. we're trying to community advisory. We're trying to put out our knowledge to share with our customers and our followers about what is in the market, what are the things, um, and try not to do a bend towards here's here's what we do. Obviously, we have we have a stake in the game too, um, but we try not to taint the definitions that come out. And we're not I'm not saying we're the only one. So there are other 
people who stay true to the definitions, but all it takes is probably 20 minutes of looking at 10 different companies who claim they have SSE and you'll see each of them is slightly different. And it's, uh, it's, it's been interesting. And I would say you need to find a trusted advisor that is an insomniac and a technophile and, and have conversations with them when you're trying to make decisions. Yeah. Well, the good news for all of us is we've got one on camera right now. <laughs> and so what, what we're going to, what I, what I'm going to ask you to do is spend a few minutes and let's unpack it. So let's talk about SSE. Let's talk about what it is. So what are the parts? Um, why are they important? And then, um, you know, maybe as we wrap up, we can talk about if you are an organization who knows you need to boost your security services, um, is SSE the place for you to start? You know, should you go for the, for the full boat with, with SASE or, or, or kind of how do you, how do you move forward? But why don't you, why don't you just quickly, you've done the work, you've stayed up many nights, so we don't have to. So let's talk about it. Yeah. The, um, yeah, you said it best. SASE is effectively taking the network components and the security components of um, the SASE construct, um, which came out and splitting those and the security pieces became SSE. And when you add the um, network components to it, it becomes full SASE. So the best way to think about SSE is it's a step on the path towards SASE. And just like any maturity model that you look at, um, if you look at our, our complete um, secure access service edge maturity model, you might start with CASB and have a foot in the door. You might start with a um, ZTNA solution and have a foot in the door. Um, you might have secure web gateways and that's a cloud delivered secure web gateways. And that is um, a foot in the door. But as these pieces and parts come together, um, then you've addressed one category, which is the security service edge, this SSE part of it. And those are the key constituent parts. The, the best way to think about the SSE side of the um, uh, uh, wheel or dialogue or however you want to portray it, um, it is really just cloud-delivered secure web gateway, CASB, and um, uh, cloud-delivered firewall, and ZTN or VPNA, ZTNA or VPN. Um, and the, the reason ZTNA slash VPN has become confusing is that's another place where all VPN players have decided they're no longer VPN players, they're now ZTNA players. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same. That's, that's a topic in another tech talk we've, we've had and we might unpack it further in a future one. But uh, suffice it to say, if you don't have ZTNA, VPN is what is that step on securely accessing your network from the outside, from your remote users. So CASB, SWG, firewall, uh, cloud delivered, and ZTNA are the key components that make up um, SSE. The, what it's about is um, protecting its context and protecting your uh, sensitive data. So understanding um, who's doing what, what they're accessing, and how that data is um, secured or not secured is really the scope of SSE. So it's the security of data is the best way to think about it, but in the context of access. Um, what SASE adds on top of that is all the WAN-based services. So SD-WAN, uh, WAN optimization, um, quality of service, the routing functionality, um, connections into your uh, SaaS applications or cloud applications, 
making them a you know seamless part of your network. So the at the um, secure access goes beyond just your remote users into the network, which is what ZTNA solves. It also covers um, how you access the the assets inside your corporation and how you allow outbound access in from your customers to web-facing uh, products or services. So that side of it is much more focused on user and device identity and uh, threat and awareness. So if you think about where, um, where things play, a simple distribution of um, uh, the definition or the split of SASE is network on one side, um, security on the other, network is all the WAN or edge services, and security is how you access things and, and view or reporting on what you're accessing. So secure web gateway for you know, doing content filtering, um, uh, proxying traffic outbound, uh, protecting your users from going to bad sites, CASB for seeing what um, uh, let's let's call it shadow IT um, is happening inside your organization as well as are people using systems they shouldn't be like if you say nobody can use Dropbox in our company and you see ten people using Dropbox CASB gives you that visibility um, ZTNA for allowing your remote workforce to access what they need but do that with an explicit trust model rather than an implicit trust model. And then cloud delivered firewall so that you can basically not have um, your, your access to and from your network be tied to infrastructure um, that, that can have potential um, redundancy issues and become single points of failure in your network. Um, so all of this is basically moving the service edge out and, and as companies are moving in more, more and more of their services into the cloud, and we're getting more and more hybrid and leaning even heavier towards the cloud side, the, the edge really starts to get pushed out. And as we've discussed before, COVID has pushed the users into their home offices. So we have 100% of our users that are outside of what we traditionally used to think of the edge. And they're accessing resources inside our network and, and through SaaS applications and, and all these different layers. And with all that confusion, you still have to figure out how to secure your network and protect everything. Right. So that's why these acronyms have popped. That's why these things, you know, Gartner and Forrester have decided this is an area we need to put energy into. Mm-hmm. And SSE is, in, is I would say, a, another one of the steps on your maturity path to SASE. Do you think, um, you know, I know obviously COVID um, has played a big part in all sorts of um, technology progression or or regression, you know, depending on on who you are and the services you have. Um, I know also just given the nature of the adversaries out there today, right, um, they're not only uh, attacking or targeting our employees, um, but they are attacking or thinking about who our supply chain is. Mm-hmm. And so do you think the um, either promotion or, uh, or urgency um, around SSE, does that play into it at all? Just that, I mean, does, does SSE and, you know, you've got these remote users, but you also have all these suppliers with more and more in the cloud. Um, is that pushing or, or adding pressure as well? Yeah, the um, I mean, I always uh, like to talk back about the uh, target breach, which was really popularized and and um, notarized, I guess you would say, in in context of social lore. 
they um, they did not get hacked directly. It was one of their HVAC um, vendors, which was managing their air conditioning systems in their stores that got hacked. And then they came in through their connection into Target. So um, that that all this, it, the, the whole um, way they got in is the implicit trust model. Just because this air conditioning vendor had access to the Target network, it didn't restrict them to only their systems. It let them onto the network and then they can crawl. So where um, ZTN and ZTNA come into play. So ZTN, we, we've talked about in other tech talks, is what um, those also get very confused and muddied, those two terms. We, we like to think of ZTN as system-to-system micro-segmentation. Um, and think of that as movement or east-west movement, lateral movement within your uh, network, within your WAN, if you will. Um, and a, a ZTNA is north-south movement of traffic. So it's user to application segmentation. So your users from wherever they are, and they could be employees, they could be contractors, they could be suppliers um, into uh, your WAN network. And traditional VPN would drop somebody in the network. And just because they have an IP address on your network, and they would have access to anything on the VLANs that they had uh, connectivity to. And for a hacker, that's a gold mine. Drop in, spend time getting a local, you know, compromise a local password in anything in that VLAN. And then from there, use that account to log into something they have access to on another VLAN and start going. And you start spreading through the network. And, um, where uh, these services come into play to protect against something like that is uh, n- neither Gartner or um, Forrester or the world has really put ZTN into the cat into the SASE portfolio. Um, little hint: we do. Um, we uh, we we think it's a critical component of this because you really have to be able to reduce your attack surface, and in order to do that, you have to create tiny tiny subnets or segments um, of one or two servers if necessary, or, you know, if there's four servers in your application stack, only those four servers should be a subnet, not 250 servers because you're leveraging a VLAN with a class C address space. Um, So traditional network and hypervisor segmentation don't solve that problem. And that's part of the issue that um, uh, Target had. Also, many of the massive breaches in the world did not have good segmentation. Um, And it's all because segmentation is actually very hard um, unless you have a solution partner who knows how to do it and do it well. And where without segmentation, you now have to worry about, okay, if I'm letting somebody into my network, how do I prevent them from getting to places they shouldn't? And that's where ZTNA is supposed to come in. ZTNA, the true ZTNA, should allow only access to the resources you want a particular user from a trusted source, trusted workstation to access that system and nothing more. So once they get into your network, they don't get to go into anything else. They can't ping anything else from that um, VPN connection, if you will. Whereas traditional VPN doesn't do that. Traditional VPN drops you into a subnet and you're off and running. And most I'm going to air quote ZTNA offerings today are traditional VPN uh, repainted with a different color. They basically took their concentrators and put them in the cloud and they said, we're now ZTNA. And that's, that's not what it's about. It really is about 
um, the ability to uh, determine the trust level of the system the user is using, uh, determine the identity of the user, and determine what systems they have access to. And that would that would have blocked the contractor or supplier access to systems they shouldn't have. They would have literally had access to their HVAC systems and in the target case and the systems that manage those HVAC systems and nothing else. Um, and that wasn't what, the, what, what happened. Once they got into um, the, those HVAC systems, then from there, those they were able to spread and got through the entire target network. Uh, one of the largest data breaches, um, PCI data breaches in history. Um, it was some, I, it was, I can't remember now, but it was uh, well over 2 million uh, uh, credit card numbers that they captured. So it was significant. Um, and that's one example, but Target is a retailer. What's important to you? What's your IP? Right. If you're, you know, if you're in construction or architecture, how important are the drawings that are sitting on your servers? That's your IP. How important are the designs for a top secret project you're doing that nobody knows and now it's leaked? Um, it's the same thing. And suppliers are an easy way to get in. And if you're a supplier, you should make sure you're not the supplier who got hacked. Well, I was going to say, if you, you know, we have, we have had um, a number of our clients come to us who are not the, the primary constructor or deliverer of a service, but they are in the supply chain mm -hmm. and they're having those folks come to them and saying, Hey, you're in our supply chain. And so you need to make sure and prove to us that you are complying with the level of data protection and security, either that we are being regulated to provide or that we feel we need to provide to protect our data. So, so in a lot of cases, you know, whatever business you're in, it's likely that you're on one side or the other, that you've got some kind of a pressure somewhere, either to make sure you're protecting your information from the others that are accessing it, or if you're, you know, on either side, you're needing to do that. Yeah. And, um, do you recommend, you know, as we look at SASE, the, the, the whole picture, um, when, when you have your conversations, if someone says, hey, I can't chew this whole thing off at once, um, do you recommend that they start on the SSE side and work over? Or do you say, hey, start on the network? Or maybe they're two different organizations, right? Maybe you've got a security side of the house and you've got, you know, a networking or infrastructure side of the house. And so they got to figure out how to, how to work this together. But where do you recommend somebody start if they're just saying, I can't, I can't do all of this at once? I'm, I'm slightly biased on this because for the, for the last decade, I've been complaining about how terrible an archaic VPN is. Um, and uh, and it's, uh, it hasn't been until recently when there's been some very creative, intelligent people come up with a true ZTNA model, which breaks the mold of traditional VPN. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that is um, where I would start. The first thing you got to control is remote access into your core. You got to you got to make uh, your your leap of assumption is that we've put good security controls in to protect our edge. Now, how do how are people getting in, and are they bypassing all of those controls? So, if you solve that problem first, that's a great thing. Um, and if we were to keep going and add on to it, so ZTNA for me is the first thing, and. For the love of God, please do your research and don't just get another VPN solution called ZTNA or you didn't really solve the problem. Um, there's a lot of people who call themselves ZTNA and they'll drop an appliance inside your network. Your VPN connections will terminate into their cloud and then drop into your network. 
number one, your traffic is going through their cloud, which is not a good thing. Now, now they are a supplier and if they get hacked, you're in trouble. Number two, they, um, they basically do what the concentrator did inside. They drop into a network, into a VLAN and the users have access to that VLAN. And you now have to set up policies that say, from this VLAN to other VLANs, here's the uh, access control list that we're gonna set up. Hmm. So please be sure you're inspecting your ZTNA vendor to be sure that they're not just another VPN in Wolf's clothing. Okay. And uh, the, uh, the second step I would say would be, you need to have um, a good uh, um, uh, web gateway. So proxy function to be able to, um, and this is DNS security. So this is be, to be able to block users from getting to known bad sites. So 80% of all malware requires DNS to function. They need to get to a command and control session to fun function. So imagine that you know 80% of the malware that does get inside your network, and I guarantee you there's some getting inside your network, if you cut off DNS access to those, you've now taken out a huge mm -hmm. uh, swath of attack surface from your environment. Mm -hmm. So that would be step number two is DNS security. And then we're talking in the SASE um, mm -hmm. dialogue because if we were talking cybersecurity as a whole, I'd be talking about something different. Um, the, the next thing is know where your people are going and make sure that they're not leaking data through um, uh, uh, cloud-based storage systems uh, like Box, Dropbox, um, or Google Drive, or whatever it is that you have ex excluded from. You're smiling, and I know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in marketing. Why, why, why would I smile about Google Drive? <laughs> um, the... Uh, uh, that that side of it now how do you get visibility into people who are doing things that you have as a security policy said they should not do and the, the answer to that is casb so cloud access security broker will give you visibility into where your users are going what they're accessing now the problem with the swg um, and the casb solutions are historically these solutions have all been on-premise edge-based solutions and you have to create solutions. You have to consume a so solutions that are distributed because your users aren't accessing those things from the office anymore. They're accessing those things from their home. They're accessing those things from Starbucks. They're accessing from client sites. So because the edge has gone out so far, you have to think about the traditional stick a big appliance inside my network and route everybody through. It doesn't work. And having somebody VPN to your network and back out doesn't work because you're adding traffic to your infrastructure. You're creating single points of failure and route problems. So when, I, when I'm talking about SWG and CASB, they need to be cloud-based solutions that are distributed so that no matter where your users are, they're being protected. And, and once you get those two in place, then, then you can start looking at do I really need MPLS? Um, is just you know VPN connectivity from site to site good enough? Am I getting any advantage over this? How do I do get content acceleration? Half my stuff is now in one of the big hyperscalers, Google, Amazon, or uh, Microsoft. And how do I accelerate traffic to them? We're using Salesforce. How do I accelerate traffic to that? And that's where the whole SD-WAN conversation uh, comes to play. And SD-WAN is not just a content accelerator. 
that's a lot of the content accelerators want you to think that it is not just a content accelerator and it shouldn't be just a content accelerator and a, a, a VPN uh, solution. Those two things are a good start, but there's much more to it. And if you'd like to know more info at Data Endure and we'll come back to you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, but ultimately I said that, I would say that's the approach that I advise our clients on is, you know, let's, let's figure out what you have in place first. If you don't have any of those things, start with ZTNA, then go to a, a secure web gateway, uh, cloud-based, uh, then CASB, and then look at SD-WAN. And, uh, and there's a lot of cost savings in those things because you're taking infrastructure out of your network and right. moving to a user-based pricing that scales with your growth or shrinkage if, if that's the direction you go. Right. We have some customers who are seasonal and they love it because they spike for a season, and but they're making money when their seasonal staff levels are high. And then when the season goes and they're back down to normal staffing level, levels, they, they hadn't just paid for, you know, to 2000 licenses right. they've paid for you know a thousand and they only spike to 2000 for two three months right right, right. so it's um it, it, there's a lot of advantages to looking at um uh subscription-based consumption based on your actual usage versus um by uh, capacity for what, what your max is which is what most software and hardware vendors do today right well, I know we've um, gone a lot of different down a lot, a lot of different paths here, but I think it's helpful because um, th there's a lot to think about. And I think for a lot of people, it's hard to even know what they should think about. Mm -hmm. And so, believe it or not, this is only the tip of the iceberg. But um, we don't want to keep you here for hours and hours and hours, although we could. Uh, but but I always wind this up saying. We know this is complicated. Um, we know it's tricky. We know there are places where you could take a wrong turn that you don't want to. And, and Data Endure is, is here. We exist to, to help people navigate through this. Um, we care about your digital resilience, whether it's on the cyber side, whether it's on the infrastructure side. But this is why we started our business almost 40 years ago. This is why we have invested so much in our security services over the last six years, seven years, um, because we know how hard it is. And um, it's harder and harder for organizations to walk this path on their own. So we invite you, if you have questions, um, if you wanna know, hey, can someone help me just figure out where I'm at today? Um, we've got a complimentary health check that can do that. Um, we can help you walk this path. So um, Shaheen, thank you for joining us again. Thank you for staying up all those nights so we don't have to. Um, and, and, you know, we're a resource here for any of our viewers. Um, please reach out if you'd like more information. Um, thank you. And we will see you next month. Thanks, everyone.